Hello, Mike. Jack, what's going on? Hey, man. Uh, I'm really burnt out, bro. What do you mean? I'm burnt out. Like, I'm exhausted. I I have never felt this tired. And I think I know what it is. Okay, talk to me. It's consumerism. All right. You have to explain this to me. You know what? Let's do that right now. Jack Rico, he's Mike Sargent, and he's brown, and I'm black. And this is the Brown and Black Podcast, and welcome to episode three, where we are beginning a new series, a five-part series on the future of America post-COVID-19. And we're going to break down in each episode various branches of society that have been affected by COVID-19 that has changed the way we live, the way we consume, the way we interact with each other. And that world that we used to know, well, that world doesn't exist right now. We're going through a pandemic. It's affecting all of us in so many different ways. But more importantly, how will this look like after we're out of this pandemic, Mike? And you and I have been having some incredible conversations. And I got to tell you, man, I can't wait to just start talking about what I think really is the problem of America right now. I didn't really understand why you wanted to do a deep dive into consumerism. I figured, okay, yes, he's the host of Consumer Reports. Okay, so this is in his ballpark. I'm open. But then I started doing research, and you sent me some articles, which we will cite. And I realized that what we've built our society on, that's what's shifting that's what's changing what we built our society what we built our economy everything about what we are built our identity what we built our identity on all comes down to consumerism and that is really why i'm excited to get into this but more important than all of that talk to me about this burnout how did you connect your burnout to consumerism for the last 10 years i have felt devalued by many people where they feel that I was not good enough, that my value to them wasn't good enough. And that's when I started understanding that when you meet people in New York City or in a major city, not rural, I'm talking cities like New York, where your value as a human is really by what you do and what you can do for me. And all of us, most of the time, accept it, thinking that there'll be rewards at the end of that journey. And what you find out is that it never ends. You're a prisoner of that consumerism. You're a prisoner of that productivity. And what ends up happening as a consequence is that you give everything you got until you drop. And I dropped out of burnout. It's been about two weeks. I haven't been able to create anything. It's hard for me to even just want to do something. And I'm faulting consumerism the American consumerism because of this. A couple of things that you said there in terms of value, how you value yourself and whether you're looking for to get validation for your value, whether it's an external validation, are you doing these things for yourself and or are you doing them for others to, to see you a certain way? You know, that line, that's that's in my opinion, that's part of the essential part of consumerism. Why do we consume? Do we consume 
purely for pleasure? Do we consume for growth, to have a better life, to improve our life? Or are we consuming because there are so many ridiculous products that are created and exist because people have money to spare? But the other thing you, you mentioned that you talked about being a prisoner, we're all essentially from the time we go to college, and in many ways, in order yeah. to go to college, you have to come out of college as a debt slave. So, <laughs> you, you know- Well, that's you, what the university is. Well, it's the brainwashing- it's almost like entry. They, they, to you, you, being you ever a seen the Maturian slave. candidate? Of course. With Frank Sinatra? Of course. Um, I believe it was Otto Preminger who directed that film. And it's like they brainwash you because you're resisting. So they brainwash you to do what you what, what they want you to do. And I feel like even though we're not going to the extent of the Maturian candidate, this is a subliminal brainwashing that begins early on. When we start watching TV, when we start reading articles, Absolutely. the propaganda of all of it. The origins of consumerism. So I looked it up, and I'm just going to read to you this definition. It said, the definition of consumerism is the protection of the rights and interests of the general pool of buyers are an obsession with buying material goods or items. Now those are mm -hmm. two. Those are two very, in my opinion, very different definitions. You know, the you know the protection of the rights and interests of the general pool of buyers, or an obsession with buying material goods or items. And we're going to break it down. We've been talking a lot about what's going to change. In other words, how can we still entertain ourselves? How can we still enjoy sports? How can we still enjoy eating? How can we still do all the things that we're That's used to? That's all the withdrawals of consumerism, right? Exactly. Because I likening this to a virus. Absolutely. And it spreads and it mutates. So did you need the latest, greatest iPhone? Did you need it? <laughs> did your iPhone 10 not cut it at $1,000? Did, did your iPhone 10 not cut it? But no. Well, Mike, you know uh, you know the way it works. It's, I got to be better than Joey down from the block. Exactly. Oh, yeah, uh, it's a have? status thing. You know, social power. It gets me more girls. It gets me more attention. I can probably light up my, my Instagram. Uh, why am I talking like Woody Allen now? I mean, uh, because, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Hey, listen, I'm not doing well right now, man. No, that's okay. This is part of burnout. I understand. But we can call this series The Virus of Consumerism and its post-COVID future because consumerism is a virus. It's it's like anything else. It's, it's something that spreads, it mutates, it affects everything. And the virus of consumerism, which we're really going to get into, is where are we in this picture? If consumerism is this giant monster, we and we touched upon how it brings us right into, you know, overconsumption equals fascism and totalitarianism. Where do we fit in there? And as we will get to later, what does it mean to be brown and black in this equation? And that's the key thing. And I think in order for us to really break this down, we really got to go to the beginning. Yes. And where the birthplace of consumerism began and why it began. And we can probably most likely really look at the 18th century in England. We started seeing the beginnings of what was consumerism because I think what happened around the time is if you look at history throughout, man, since the beginning of, of the development of man all the way into the 1800s, people have been poor outside of the kings. Yes, people, you didn't own much. No, people didn't really own much. And it wasn't until the 18th century, that classical period where people started 
reading more. The 1400s already came. The newspapers and the printing press started disseminating more information. We were becoming smarter. So by the 18th century, you could say there was a sort of renaissance, a British renaissance that was occurring. Absolutely. And that demarcation between old history and a new modern history that began in the 1700s was when you started looking, why do we want to continue to be poor? We don't want to be poor anymore. We want to be rich. And how do you do that? And that is when they came up with the idea of shopping for vanity. Absolutely. Shopping for pleasure. Because at one time, all these little luxuries, a brush, a comb. Just the necessities shoes, were in a vanity they, thing, they, right? Yeah, well, they, they were a vanity. People didn't have like multiple pairs of shoes and things like that. Uh, you know, you mentioned the printing press. This, this is also how technology impacts our ability to produce something so that people can afford it. The good side of it, consumerism is that more people can buy it, then that means more people can have work and then wages can go up and then more people can buy it and, and the money just keeps turning. And, and the economy grows. But the downside of that is what we've come to, where it's all about luxury. Luxuries are what is impacted the most and the things that we don't even see as luxuries. But those luxuries are has what's been impacted the most, I think, from COVID-19. Right. And thank goodness for Jacques Rousseau, who talked about how, how, how consumerism was choosing wealth over virtues. Yes. And I think we're still going through that. I think there's this whole Bernie Sanders group, this Democratic group that understands that we're consuming at a rate that's degrading our environment. Um, and it's interesting because I'm not sure if you saw that Netflix show with Hassan Minaj, uh, Patriot Act. No, well, there's a, but I heard There's about an it. episode called Fast Fashion. Dude, absolutely fascinating. It talks about the birth of Zara, um, Shopify.com and all these places, all these outlets and platforms that honestly are, are essentially beating out mom and pop shops, uh, brick and mortar shops like Ralph Lauren. Any store you walk into is considered a brick and mortar. Uh, anything you shop online is e-commerce. And how e-commerce has taken over the world Eclipsed. because people are buying at such a rapid rate. They, they, there was a point that they, the guy said, we're throwing away so many tons of clothes that even these landfills can't contain the amount of clothing that people are are just giving away for the new shirt that they got two weeks later. People don't know what these clothes are doing to the planet. In 2015, textile production created more greenhouse gases than international flights and maritime shipping combined. Do you understand what that means? The clothes in your suitcase are screwing up the planet more than the flight you put them on. But now here's the problem. Being a slave to debt, and as we're seeing, this is what's really being escalated. You know, the whole you know notion of the mom and pop store, the whole notion of, of a non-chained business, you know, where it's not the company that's going to get the billions of dollars. It's, it's the local restaurant or the local smoke shop or the local anything. What has happened by, like you said, buying another shirt when you've already got one, buying a bazillion shoes, buying 18 stuff watches. Stuff you don't need. Stuff you don't know. How many people need you know more than two watches? Come on. But it creates what they call economic stratification. That, that's a condition when society and social classes are separated or stratified along economic lines. And that's where we are. We're in, you know, essentially it's, it's a, you know, wealth stratification that that has completely and that divide is getting bigger 33 million people out of work 
Meanwhile, the billionaires have made another three hundred billion. And, and exactly, and, exactly. And you and you heard how you know Amazon is now going to get rid of the you know the combat pay. It's sort of like okay, now we don't have to pay you extra money to be doing this, you know. And, and, and you know, you also sent me an article that that really blew my mind. Uh, uh, and led me to some other things just about who is hiring. You know, all these companies, all these small companies are going to be going out of business, okay? But FedEx, Instacart, Amazon, Pizza Hut, you know, Walgreens, Home Depot, all the big Papa John's, they're all hundreds of thousands of workers they're, uh, they're hiring because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is how we're going to be consuming. Everything will be... These big, big stores that can afford the investment of of change to, to have a, you know, a temperature monitor when you come in or whatever, and the places that can deliver. Consumerism got to America, this spread out, this virus spread out into the rest of Europe. But it wasn't until the Industrial Revolution that consumerism really took hold. And that's why America is America. Yes. Because of the amount of consumerism that it began. I mean, look, the GDP of America today, the United States, is between $18 trillion and $20 trillion dollars. Now, a lot of that money is money that does not trickle down to the poor, which is the reason that you see now through COVID how many Latinos, how many blacks, the amount of homeless people, the the whites aren't really suffering the way Latinos and blacks are. You know what? I just read an article the other day that per capita, the Navajo Indians are the ones that are most affected by the infection of COVID-19. And and they were supposed to get X millions of dollars and they got zero. It was in yeah. the budget. It was in the budget. They never got it. I'm sure there's going to be an investigation. So when you look at that and you start looking and understanding how the Western civilization started consumerism, we bought into it immediately. And today... What we're suffering from, and I think this is a really big problem, it's the, you can't go to a restaurant. Hey, listen, you go to a restaurant to eat food that's very expensive. $16 for a glass of wine? For a $5 bottle of wine that you can buy at the liquor store? Oh, well, I do it because I need to be seen. Dude, that is brainwashing. I've learned all this because I was this person, Mike. I, I was this person probably until like a few months ago. That is my shame that I carry with me. Like, I can't believe I could not see through that. I mean, you walk into a party, everybody's dressed to the nines, and you're dressed okay. Because you don't care that much. You're not that vain. But then all of a sudden, certain people that you want to talk to because either you admire them or, hey, this would be a good person to know for, he might know somebody at this job, but you need to impress them. You need to go through the judgment. The Do you fit the criteria? Uh, I can't just send anybody over. So you got to dress the part. You got to speak the part. You got to look the part. Dude, whenever you live in a society like that, that doesn't value you for who you are, for Jack Rico, and it values you for Jack Rico, who is the host of Consumer 101. Yeah, that's nice. All these job titles that we have, they're on loan. They're temporary. You don't own it for the rest of your life. 
So you have almost like a window of time of value before it goes. So what, now I'm not going to have a bunch of friends because I will no longer be the host of Consumer 101 or I won't have this podcast or you won't see me on the Today Show? Fuck you, man. Well, Jack, just so you know, if you're not on the host of Consumer 101, I don't really think you <laughs> We can't be friends, just, just so you know. Oh, Mike, man, it's just, this is such a passionate subject for me, I, man, because I this see. is the problem. Did you see that video, The Great Realization by Tom Roberts? Yes. Amazing. It was a world of waste and wonder, of poverty and plenty. You see, the people came up with companies to trade across all lands, but they swelled and got much bigger than we ever could have planned. We'd always had our wants, but now it got so quick could have anything you dreamed of in a day and with a click. We noticed families had stopped talking. That's not to say they never spoke, but the meaning must have melted and the work-life balance broke. And the children's eyes grew squarer and every toddler had a phone. They filtered out the imperfections, but amidst the noise, they felt alone. And every day the skies grew thicker till you couldn't see the stars. So we flew in planes to find them, while down below, we filled our cars. We'd drive around all day in circles. We'd forgotten how to run. We swapped the grass for tarmac, shrunk the parks till there were none. We filled the sea with plastic, because our waste was never capped. Until each day when you went fishing, you'd pull them out, already wrapped. And while we drank and smoked and gambled, our leaders taught us why. It's best to not upset the lobbies. More convenient to die. What stood out mostly to you? Well, what stands out is the simplicity to me as a storyteller. The governor of New York got on TV and said, we're living in a science fiction movie. And, <laughs> and, and the power of, of story, and I ask this question a lot of, you know, all kinds of writer-directors. I always ask them, you know, why do human beings need stories? And one of the most consistent answers is because stories help us understand who we are, make sense of life. So what stood out to me was just how we need to make sense of what's going on. And the way we'd explain it to a child kind of reveals to ourselves what we're not looking at. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. And one other thing that that video did for me was really demarcate the old world and the new world because that video yeah. takes place in the future. The old world was a old world where skyscrapers were going up a mile a minute. And you know, this is happening, this overdevelopment of real estate. Apartments are going for $80 million. I think one was sold for like 300 uh, something million dollars in Manhattan. Who needs an apartment like that? Yeah, a guy that's made way too much money. Are you tipping your guys? Are you leaving checks for like a million dollars at the restaurant for the waiter? How are you dispersing the damn money to the rest of now, us? Now, you see, that is the key and that is the problem. Consumerism and the ideals of a corporate entity is not what can we do for the environment? What? How are we making lives better? Especially... In corporate America, especially in the last 30 years, more than ever, there are certain types of corporations that were clearly not caring about the environment or human beings or whatever. But that type of thinking has spread over to any kind of corporation. For an Amazon to be the kind of company it is, the size it is, and not leading 
in terms of how to take care of their employees. There was a time when, if you remember like a company, you hear a company like Apple, like people work there, it was a community, it was this, it was that. You've got a company like that has a, a brand and it should be the kind of company you would want to love to work for because it's doing so well. You're going to do well if you work there. That's not the thinking. The thinking is how much money can be squeezed? How can we get this cheaper, faster? And I think as an African-American, I trace it all back to consumerism. Yeah, consumerism, the American version of consumerism, the American version of industry, industrial ages, yeah, that is that is one thing. But the principle, even prior to the industrial age here in America, the principle is labor, taking advantage right. of the laborers. And if, this if is what Karl Marx was talking the, about. This is yes. what Nietzsche was talking about. Yes. They were like, listen, you can't have these millionaires you know, a group of 10 and have the rest of the population begging for a little bit of food. I mean, that's Game of Thrones. Well, that's what we're in now. We're watching it happen. We're watching Game Listen, as the country's being bankrupted, the most wealthy are still making money. So what does that tell you? It tells, that tells you that you the everything. system's screwed up. That and we again. have, but, but you know, that's the thing about unemployment and, and all these grants that are being given. Bro, that's our money. That's right. the money that that that, that right. we labored, right. Right. that we gave right. to the government, and now the government sees like, hey guys, we can't just keep this. We we in order Dude. to keep the economy, we got to have labor. Dude, listen, the stuff that we've heard about, like how you know whatever the the steak house got twenty two million, some company that you oh, never heard of, right? That, that, like Ashcroft, yes. the whole the the yes uh, the, yes, how they had got like. Thirty million dollars, yes. and they had to give Harvard. I think was one of the they ones had that to give even yeah, Trump had to, to say something about right, it. Right, right. And so the fact that those are the ones that made the news, and you remember the one where it was fifty-five million dollars was given to a company that didn't even exist. Do you remember that one? Okay. <laughs> no. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yes, I'll send you the article. A company that listen, the company a year ago had gone bankrupt or something like that. They had no employees. They were given fifty-five million dollars to make masks. Company doesn't exist, and you know how the government responded we'll investigate so i'm saying this to say that what we see is all these small companies going out the big companies getting they're ghost companies they're ghost companies they're shadow right? so, companies that are exactly. that are from some other millionaire but he, does, he doesn't want to give his name Absolutely. so he creates a shadow Dude. company that takes the, the money because it fits the profile tip of the iceberg tip of the iceberg so i say that to say the country's being gutted and like you said, it's mm-hmm. our money, our money that the, we we are like, oh, thank you for that twelve hundred dollars. You know, it's my twelve hundred dollars that you stole. You damn it! That's right. And so uh, you know, you know, and, and a lot of people talk about this. Come on, we need consumerism. You know, it's 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 who we are as Americans. Listen, there's good and there's bad about this. You know, the debate that's been going on about consumerism is that it's good and bad for the planet. The good part is that. The economy grows. We all have work. Unemployment is low. Um, we are independent from other countries. We're the leaders, you know. Um, but wasn't it Benito Mussolini who said that fascism should be more appropriately called corporatism uh, because it's a merger of state and corporate power? I mean, we are living that. We're living that right now. That's and- kind of the Trump administration, man. That's that's not just Trump. That's America. That's America today. Because you got to remember, Trump is surrounded by tons of folks who are totally supporting what he's doing. And, and I won't even get political here, but but I do want to say what what really strikes me about now 
and where we are right now, and and you said it is, it, it's not that consumerism uh, is destroying the environment. It's not that consumerism is creating the wealth stratification. It's the fact that ethics, there are no ethics, and that there there's there's you know, let's say as a for instance, if Trump, as as, as just using him as an example, can fire within six weeks for uh, uh you know. People who are essentially the ethics, they, they're, they're essentially, the, 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 you know, overseers. They're essentially oversight. They, these are people who should be making sure everything's done correctly. If there is no one and no mechanism, you know, let's say with the airline industry, you know, it's not regulated. So they can complain, oh, you know, gas went up. We got to charge you for your bags. Gas goes down. They still charge you for your bags, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and it'll it'll never change. But as consumers, once we get used to spending money, like if you're watching right now, food is slowly going up like every week, another 5%. The gasoline 10%. is going up too. I've noticed like there, uh, like I saw right. gasoline at $1.99 the other day in New Jersey. No, actually in New Jersey, I saw it at $1.73. That's the lowest I've seen it since like the 80s, right. man. Yet, yet, that lack of ethics to me, that's the problem. So before we get into the future of what this is going to look like and sort of our particular opinions. One of the things that people talk about when it comes to being good or bad when it comes to consumerism is if you want our planet to have a a healthier life, don't go to Walmart anymore. Don't go to Target anymore. Go to your local shop and buy from them. They're not attached to the big system, the big corporate consumer system that uh, makes us completely look like cheap labor, man. You know, once we start detaching and unplugging ourselves from that machine, we'll live a better life and so we're all world. Dude, but okay, I don't want to be the bringer of bad tidings, but we had that choice and we took that choice for granted. Now, in a post-COVID world, we won't have that same choice. What will happen is that mom and pop shop will turn into a bank, a CVS, or some other chain, or or yet another cell phone. The poorest neighborhoods have the most cell phone stores. I think that everything you're saying is correct, but I think that unfortunately, and you've heard me say before that I think Wally was a prediction of the future. Yeah. I think that should have been the choice we should have been making, but we will not have that abundance of choice anymore. People go to Walmart because not only will Walmart survive, but Walmart, because they can buy deep, you know, if we get into, you know, it'll give you a job that the little independent store that's not getting the stimulus bills from the SBA small business aren't going to have a job. Well, not only the job, but you're also going to be cheaper because they can, if the mom and pop can survive and they buy 40 of something, whereas, you know, Walgreens has bought, you know, 4 million, they're going to get a better price and be able to sell to you for less. So, so the thing is, how do we unplug ourselves from that vicious cycle of consumerism, Mike, that is destroying the planet, that is providing us with mental health issues? There's been no more pressure on the class of 2020, especially during this COVID era, to get out of this situation, man. And hopefully the warped benefits of COVID-19 is that it hits the reset button. It makes us look clearer at what's been going on. 
and how we can now set new rules for the way we live life, uh, how we can be healthier, how we can have a different purpose in life to help the planet. And listen, it's not going to come from the baby boomers. It's not going to come from Generation X, and it's definitely not going to come from the millennials because they tried and they have failed so far. So it's going to be up to Generation Z. This generation has a chip on their shoulder. They're sick and tired of seeing their parents suffer uh, at the hands of circumstances that they cannot control. We need to have a bigger say in what goes on in government. We need to have a bigger say in who from the corporate systems, who we let in. Because remember, lobbying is a form of corruption, of legal corruption. The fact that it exists in a democracy tells you it's a sham. It is a sham. It's a sham. The fact that lobbying, gerrymandering, those things exist, please, don't even get me going. Two things I want to say to what you said. Generation Z, I agree. Generation Z cannot let the Z stand for zombie, so they have to take action. And two, you said the answers. What are the answers to the future? How can we have a better future? By listening to the Brown and Black podcast, because we're going to have guests, we're going to do a deep dive, and you're going to come away with a better sense of how to control your future as a consumer. Absolutely. And we're going to leave it at that. Um, Stay tuned for the next episode where we're going to have more conversations specifically towards the restaurant industry. What will the restaurant industry be looking like uh, post-COVID in 2021? What about sports? Did you hear about the sex dolls in South Korea because there are no fans? So they put mannequins? I love that. And we'll also be talking about the educational system. Scott Galloway, you might know him. He's an NYU professor. He's also uh, one of the co-hosts of The Pivot with Kara Swisher. He talked about how education is going to be looking like. And can I tell you, it's going to completely change the way we learn beginning in 2021. I'm with you and I'm excited because I like the fact that we're going to talk about education. We're going to talk about entertainment, and we're going to break it down. Sports, live entertainment, movies, and then restaurants, dining out. These are all huge parts of consumerism, and we'll talk about pre-C, that's pre-COVID, and post-C, that's post-COVID. So there it is. Well, I'm Jack Rico, and he's Mike Sargent. And he is brown, and I'm black. And this is the Brown and Black Podcast. See you on the next episode.